The Source of Truth is an audio recording of Pastor Ronnie Love sharing Christian encouragement and biblical truth. We hope this podcast can help make your path a bit brighter today. Psalms 119.105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Good morning. Happy Friday. Welcome to the Source of Truth podcast as we study the Source of Truth, and that is the Word of God. And we're so glad you're with us this morning as we finish out the week together in studying God's Word. We are in 1 Peter chapter 5. So if you're following along with us, uh, we're going to look at just one verse again today, really kind of actually two verses, picking up where we left off yesterday. We mentioned might do a couple, and I only got through one verse yesterday. Uh, But we're going to look at this idea. We've been talking a little bit about our response to the reality uh, that Satan is real. Satan, while he's limited in his power, is powerful. Uh, and that he is striving. The Bible says in the verse we read yesterday that he is, a roar, he, he is as a roaring lion walking about seeking whom he may devour. He's watching, he's observing, and he will use our weaknesses against us. And one of the greatest answers to that is to recognize our own weaknesses and strive to help, have the Holy Spirit help us in going beyond those. Recognizing that he's real, that he is active. And, uh, but then what, it's interesting, he, Peter continues in that same thinking as we read yesterday, verse 8, uh, we're going to go down to verse number 9. So First Peter chapter 5, verse 9, uh, the Bible says, Whom resist says steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, settle you. To him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. So when he tells us, you know, he finished, please remember, again, the verses were put in there years ago. They weren't inspired. This is one letter. This is one thought. So why is that important to say? Because when you get done with verse 8, he gets done talking about Satan and seeking whom he may devour. Then he just continues the thought, whom resist? You understand that fact? He's talking about resisting Satan. Whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished, in your brethren that are in the world. So when you look at this, the first thing he tells us to do is resist steadfast. Now, steadfast is strong. strong. It's very similar to the phrase in Ephesians, where in Ephesians he says, having done all to stand. Um, one of the keys in putting on the armor, we said yesterday, the armor is, is not really, that wasn't created to protect our back. We're supposed to be heading towards the battle, going, following God, going forward, going against the enemy. And then we will have protection. We must put the armor on every day. The ultimate goal is having done all to stand, to stand firm, to not be knocked over, to not to be destroyed. And so as we move forward, he tells us this, resist steadfast in the faith. And that's the idea. We're resisting steadfast. We're standing strong. But the other thing is he tells us to resist. Satan's coming. If we recognize the reality that Satan's coming, then we recognize the fact that we need to resist. There's a lot that you could take into that word when it comes to the idea of resist. Um, We are to resist the temptations that come our way. We resist the temptation to believe the lies of Satan. We are to resist the things of the world that glorify Satan's life and go against the Bible belief. We are to stand strong. Now, resisting doesn't always mean harsh and cruel. A lot of times, as a family, we're just going to say this is the direction we're going. We're resisting the carnal position or the the sinful world, and we're going to follow the Bible in that area. Uh, But he tells us to resist steadfast. Don't be pushed around. Don't be moved around. This is a phrase used in Scripture as well. James used a similar phrase. He said, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And he, he pushes us back around. Now, I'm, I'm building up because I want to get to something in the next verse that gets important. But let me just say one more thing in verse 9. Knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You're not alone in this. 
Right? The, the affliction that this is one, this is not just you. The things are happening in the world. The people in the world are battling the same thing. The unsafe people are battling the same thing. But you're not alone. There are other people like you. You're, you know, when sometimes when you find yourself in conflict or struggle or satanic oppression or whatever term you want to use for it, trials and suffering, when you get to that point, you often feel like you're alone. And these sufferings can accentuate that level of loneliness. And when you look at this, you have to come back and you recognize the fact that um, when I evaluate what I'm looking at, I'm not alone in this. And that lack of, that, that realization is helpful. It's encouraging. Sometimes we look at other Christians and we say, man, I wish my life were as good as them. Or I wish, you know, they don't, they've never been through a battle. They're not going through this. Why am I struggling and other people are not? And Satan wants you to believe that because then you just begin to believe God doesn't care. Uh, please understand that you're not alone in these battles. Let's go to verse number 10. Peter continues, but the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by, Jesus, by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish strength, and settle you. Now, he talks about the God of grace who has called us, and he did. The Bible says, except a, man be, except a father draw him, a man cannot be saved. We know that we can't just choose to come to God anytime we want to. The conviction of the Holy Spirit is required. God must open our eyes to the truth, and we must recognize the truth. One, that's why it's important to have friends, you know, try to get our friends in, like, to a church or something where they can hear the truth, uh, but it's important that the truth has to be there. God has to open their eyes. Uh, we can't just say, you know, I'm going to live the life the way I want to, and then when I hit 70, then I'll get saved. That's just not necessarily always possible. It's not always the way God designed it. I mean, so God is actively involved in this process, and he has called us. I do not believe this verse means that he only calls certain ones and not others, and, you know, those people can't go to heaven. I don't believe that, but I do believe that God is participating in this. But let's continue on to the second half of the verse. After that, ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. That's really what I wanted to finish um, in this section. He says several things that are happening after you have suffered. So, and it's been for a while, we understand suffering will come, and there's going to be some battles with it. It's disappointing. Um, it's not fair. Uh, and, and by the way, I mentioned this in youth group the other uh, Wednesday night. We are talking about the teens. That the Bible tells us in Isaiah that he, Jesus says, My ways are not your ways, nor are my thoughts your thoughts, saith the Lord. Well, if we look at that, then we can probably recognize that what's going on right now probably doesn't make sense. Well, the simple principle is it's not supposed to make sense. Because if I see the world through my human mind, and that makes sense, and I'm not learning and growing to see it through the eyes of God, there are going to be times that what I see doesn't make sense because God is working in a way that does not follow my mindset. That's how God has designed it. So he tells us, after we suffered a while, he says this, make you perfect. The word perfect talks about mature. You're establishing you. You will establish you. Word used similar to the other, uh, earlier we talked about. He will strengthen you. Those words, they make sense. We use them today. But this is interesting. I love this last word. That he will settle you. If there's anything you can say that a storm will bring in your life is uncertainty. You can't control the circumstances. Everything seems out of control. It's like the, the um, disciples when they were on the water, when Jesus walked in the water to them. Even when he came out, they were so overwhelmed by the storm, they couldn't even recognize Jesus coming out in the storm. Couldn't even recognize Jesus coming out on the water. And you look at that, and it can be, and understandably, extremely overwhelming. When because the ideas of storms is your your whole world's upside down, your whole world's shaking. There's you know the stability of what you thought was good is gone, and you got it. You go back to God, and He's stable. But the world's just shaking, the wind's blowing. You just consider the premises of a storm. Well, he says in the midst of that, he will settle you. Your world will not always be settled. Your circumstances will not always be settled. 
but you can be settled. And that's what he's trying to teach us. Remember, 1 Peter talks much about suffering. We've talked about this the last couple of weeks, the battles and the suffering and things of that nature. And as we go through this, we look through these battles, we do see this premise. We look at this and we recognize that sometimes it's unsettling to see what's going on in the world. It's unsettling to see maybe what's going on in family. It's unsettling to see the battles in our lives or the trials we go through. And he says, if there's something he will do through these times, if we allow him to do his work, if we resist Satan and we move to him and we stand with him, he will settle us. And by the way, this does take, this does take a decision. We talk about, we've been talking about this on Sunday morning, being all in. I, the decision, that one, a decision to be all in is, is a decision that affects every other decision in my life. If I'm going to kind of play half, you know, half and half with God, you know, maybe I'll come to church, maybe I'll do this, I may not enjoy these great blessings. You know, this is, this is a disciple following Jesus. This is the church that was actively serving and growing, and that's why they were receiving persecution. And you say, well, if I don't do these things, I won't, enjoy, I won't deal with the, the battles. That's not even true as well. But I guess the thing is this, this is not just to everybody. These are people who have chosen to follow Christ. And if you choose to resist steadfast and stand close to God, verse 7, cast your care upon him, you have that walk with God. You can enjoy where he says he will settle you. And in an unsettled time, what a great opportunity to be serving a God who can bring a settled heart. And if you're struggling, just keep going to him. Help, allow him to help you to bring this calm, settled nature to your life. Well, thanks again for joining us on this Friday morning and giving me a chance for just a couple minutes to be part of your day. I greatly appreciate it. I hope it's a help. I hope you have a great weekend, and I hope you uh, just continue to keep your eyes on Jesus and uh, continue to look and know that he's in control and he knows what's going on. Look, thank you for joining us again this morning. Uh, we hope you'll join us again on Monday.